0: This past Saturday, May 13th, began what we've come to call our graduation triduum three days of celebrating the achievements of the Wyoming Catholic College class of 2023. This is the After Dinner Scholar from Wyoming Catholic College, and I'm your host, Dr. Jim Tonkowicz. Graduation weekend begins with the senior dinner on Saturday evening, seniors, faculty, and staff only. Monday, we had our commencement. And Sunday, after baccalaureate mass, we held the president's dinner at which college president, Dr. Glenn Arbery, addressed seniors, their parents, families, and friends, along with our faculty and staff. Here's what Dr. Arbery had to say.
1: Speaking at an occasion like this dinner reminds me of what my publisher, Wick Allison, told me when I first started working at a newspaper some years back. The point of journalism, he told me, was to write something that people would read with interest once, but never read again. He warned me not to kid myself that I was writing deathless prose. Talks like this one can't help but be similar. As Lincoln said of such things, it will be something that the world will little note nor long remember. The editor of Magnificat might have been thinking of similar ephemera in this month's issue when he quoted a naturalist writing about the insects that hatch this time of year live for a single day and then die. Quoting him, mayflies choose to emerge and pose the brief riddle of their whence and why, writes the naturalist. At times, he says, I really think of them as one organism too many. Well, maybe this is one speech too many especially as we anticipate the remarks of Archbishop Aquila and our own Emma Hermanson tomorrow during the commencement exercises. But let me pause for a minute on mayflies. The New England poet Richard Wilbur, fascinated by these creatures, sees them not as merely ephemeral things, but as a phenomenon of great mystery, as a poem, in fact, the title of the book the poem is in, is Mayflies. In somber forest when the sun was low, I saw from unseen pools a mist of flies in their quadrillions rise and animate a ragged patch of glow with sudden glittering. As when a crowd of stars appear through a brief gap in black and driven cloud one arc of their great round dance, showing clear. In other words, this glimpse of the mayflies deep in the forest, illuminated by a late sunbeam, reminds him of seeing an arc of the night sky through the clouds. The brief existence of these insects becomes metaphorically the round dance of the constellations, an image that the ancients understood as the eternal heavenly order. In thinking about this similarity between the permanent and the ephemeral, Wilbur takes occasion to describe the mayflies even more closely, this time in terms of art or techné, human craft and design. It was no muddled swarm I witnessed, In entrechats, this is a ballet, you know, when you kind of go up with your feet. In entrechats, I don't do this often. (laughs) In entrechats, each fluttering insect there rose two steep yards in air, then slowly floated down to climb once more, so that they all composed a manifold and figured scene, and seemed the weavers of some cloth of gold, or the fine pistons of some bright machine. The poet doesn't see random mindlessness, in other words, but a ballet, a golden weave, a great mechanism in which this apparent randomness coalesces into an order that Dante might use as a simile in the Paradiso, a poem much on my mind these days. I quote Wilbur's poem because it seems to me to speak deeply to these seniors who are graduating tomorrow. Since I became president, there have been several classes to graduate without my ever having taught a single one of them in a single class during their eight semesters here with us. And this is, much to my regret, one of those. But I am confident that they have had a prolonged encounter with what is great and permanent and true. And I know that the weave of the education has come in its distinct way to each of them. Many experiences have been as fleeting and as irrecoverable as Wilbur's moment of seeing the mayflies, an exchange in a seminar, or a late night conversation when insights suddenly came together. A vision of the mountains on some dawn in the backcountry. All those small but life-changing instants of intercession or consolation or grace. I've come to know the seniors in other ways, of course, such as directing two of the senior theses, one by Grace Dennett and the other by Jacinta St. Pierre. Through grace, I got to revisit the superb, almost magical prose of the Russian novelist Vladimir Nabokov whose imagination has a metaphorical intensity like Wilbur's that speaks to something both tragic and transcendent. From Jacinta, I heard the cacophony of Dante's hell and then the strains of the music that increases in complexity through, as we rise through Purgatorio and into the polyphonies of paradise. It was a great pleasure to me to work with them both. And of course, during these four years, Dr. Virginia and I have had these students over to our house on many occasions. Many of them are good friends of our daughter Julia, otherwise not Julia stand up, <laughs> otherwise known. <clears throat> otherwise known as the first daughter <laughs> who has been praying for these seniors every night all year wcc often describes itself as countercultural we're very different from so-called mainstream universities because of our technology policy we're part of a small group of sister institutions in our rejection of woke learning and or, excuse me woke ideology including its assumptions about human nature and its agenda to destroy the traditional family. As we draw closer to the ceremony of departure that we call commencement, I'm led to reflect again on the effect of all the converging disciplines and experiences on the souls of these graduates. That is, on the very form of who they are. We're realistic about contemporary culture but also realistic about what it means to participate in the living continuance of the tradition that these seniors have experienced in these four years. What does tradition mean in this sense? The word might suggest a museum of old ideas where each piece must be dusted off and treated with beautiful reverence. It might suggest mere repetition of past attitudes But over a century ago, T.S. Eliot made it clear that tradition is the source of creativity and the wellspring of culture. When you give yourself to one of the great books of the tradition, it's not like entering archaeological ruins and trying to imagine what used to be there. Far from it. It's not something past, but an encounter of minds in the living moment. Reading these texts is not a glimpse of unreachable truth, but a participation in the live weaving of the image or exchange. Patroclus has fallen. You have no armor. And so, prompted by the goddess, you stand outside the wall in the ditch that surround the Achaean ships. And Athena kindles such a great flame from your rage that it blazes up from your head into the dying day. And she amplifies your shout so much that 12 Trojans die in the panic of their horses. Or you argue with Socrates, just as Thrasymachus or Glaucon might. Or you read St. Augustine, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. The same sentence that St. Thomas read, or Dante, or St. Therese, or John Henry Cardinal Newman speaking of tradition. Or are you here in class, one of your classmates, read Lear's speech to, Cord- to Cordelia. Come, let's away to prison. We two alone will sing like birds in the cage. When thou dost ask me blessing, I'll kneel down and ask of thee forgiveness. So we'll live and pray and sing and tell old tales and laugh at gilded butterflies. It says something about tradition that these very lines are the ones that moved John Milton or John Keats or Abraham Lincoln or Winston Churchill or Pope John Paul II. In other words, in an education like this one, we're not talking about tradition as the acquisition of monuments, so to speak, but as a permanence gathered from moments of participation, capable of being lived and lived again, and then passed on to be taken up yet again by generations yet to come with our own additions and our own achievements of greatness. In the last stanza of Mayflies, Richard Wilbur reflects on what he has seen Watching those lifelong dancers of a day as night closed in, I felt myself alone in a life too much my own, more mortal in my separateness than they. Unless, I thought, I had been called to be not fly or star, but one whose task is joyfully to see how fair the fiats of the caller are. I hope that these graduates understand themselves in this beautiful light as recipients of a call. This education is not training in a specific trade or profession, but something much greater. Though it is not directed at a specific line of work, it nevertheless has a palpable directive in it It contains a transcendent reality that extends, so to speak, to the hem of its garment. It has an implicit charge, a way to be that's open to what is coming, be it the little way of St. Therese or great fame, a life in teaching or the arts or the professions, or a saint's life and a martyr's death. The crucial thing for these seniors is to find their true measure, like Picarda in in the Paradiso, and to say from the heart, in his will is our peace. One last word about Wilbur's poem. He describes himself as one whose task is joyfully to see how fair the fiats of the caller are. How fair. Certainly he means how just and right, but the word immediately tilts into another meaning, how beautiful the fiats of the collar are. And what about the word fiats? Usually it means some kind of arbitrary command, but in this poem, in this context of May, we have to hear the echo of Mary's fiat mihi, May these graduates see joyfully and feel in all their lives to come how fair the fiats of the caller are. Thank you.
0: If the kind of education Dr. Arbury described appeals to you or to your children or grandchildren or your friends' children or your nieces and nephews, why not check out the admissions pages at Wyoming Catholic College's website wyomingcatholic.edu. If you like what you see, call the admissions office for more information on how you can apply to the four-year adventure that is a Wyoming Catholic College education. For Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkowich.